What is up, everyone? Welcome to On the Power Play. It is me, Brian. I am accompanied by my favorite uh, two co-hosts. I'm not going to say my entire favorite because I'm sorry, but Rick's pretty great on the From the Tips podcast. Go listen to that if you haven't. But we're on the power play here with Adam and Matt. What's up, boys? I'm a little disheartening to say here that I'm not your go-to favorite, but I'll hey. accept it. How how you doing, Brian? Hey, I'm what's up, soon. boys? <laughs> uh, I just assume I'm no one's favorite, so it's fine. I, Adam, I'm, you uh, stop dude. that. Like I said, you're my you're my favorite tandem co-hosts i'm gonna say it like that my favorite tandem of co-hosts um all righty let's get into some hockey here uh i usually start episodes with covid protocol stuff uh last week i had nothing to report but this week uh actually today change of pace fortunately have something to report Sidney crosby has been added to the covid protocol list and will not play tonight which would be tuesday night for listeners that would be last night Uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers in a press statement from the NHL. It says COVID protocol related absences can be the result of a number of factors, including among others, an initial positive test, a um, mandated isolation for symptomatic individuals, um, required quarantine as a high risk, close contact in accordance with positive test protocol, isolation based on a confirmed positive test result and or quarantine for travel or other reasons as outlined by COVID-19 protocol. So we obviously, we won't find out whether or not he's positive or if he is just in contact with somebody who was. Uh, however, it, it is looking like they're going to be missing Sid for the uh, the near future. How do you think this pans out for this Penguins team who really is relying on Cindy Crosby almost at this point? Yeah, it's a big loss, you know. You're, you're talking about the face of the Penguins and People have to step up. Obviously, you look to Evgeny Malkin to be that force. It's, it's tough, but it's it's a threat against every team this year that their star player could just get put on this list. And it's inconvenient, but it's the season we're, we're rolling with now, and things like this happen. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Adam, how do you think this is going to pan out for the old Pens? Uh, I mean, as someone that's not the biggest fan of the pens, I know you two aren't, I'm, you know, not I'm even close, upset not even remotely. Um, but I mean, as for the team as a, as a whole, that is a pretty big, uh, hole in their lineup that I think they can fill pretty well if need be. Um, but with them being so close to, uh, a playoff spot, they're only two points away behind your guys' team, the Flyers. Uh, it, it's going to hurt. And like Fish said, a lot of people are going to have to step up and try and uh, push through this until Sid can get back. It, it's going to hurt. It's definitely going to hurt. Yeah, the uh, the East Division is a bit tight right now. Uh, Penguins at 23 points, Flyers at 25, Islanders 26, Bruins 26, and the Capitals 28. So it's a tight division, uh, kind of a big loss for the pens right now considering that's not only their captain but I, you could argue their best player by a decent amount um but in talking about star players and in a more fun light than covid protocol we have as february has ended we have our stars of the month for february um i kind of want to see if you guys got some guesses you don't have to guess exactly um each division you don't have to go through every single one of them but if you have some guys that you're like yeah he definitely should have been a star of the month for for that division you let me know also you can throw in the rookie of the month because that's also in here i think i know one if you want to go first fish 
You go, Adam. All right. I'm pretty sure if, if I remember Twitter correctly, which I unfortunately think I do, I do believe uh, San Jose's own Logan Couture, I believe, was a star of the month. I believe he might have been the first star. I could be wrong, though. That is correct. Logan Couture is the Honda West Division star of the month, San Jose Sharks center. I uh, don't have his stats currently pulled up for the month. I'm pretty but... sure he has 10 goals. I can try and find his stats just in general. Yeah, uh, if you want to go pulling up stats. Um, any other guesses? Maybe a Rookie of the Month guess? Um, I'm going to go Kirill Kaprizov for Rookie. I'll go Connor McDavid is probably a star of the month because it's freaking McDavid. And let's throw a fun one out there and say – I'll I'll swing a I'll swing a flyer at you and say Claude Giroux because why the heck not? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, um, Adam, I'm gonna need you to start doing your homework, buddy. Claude Giroux was out on COVID protocol for two weeks in the month oh. of February. Uh, you missed on all three. That's uh, great. Yeah, I all mean, I that's... Care about, all I care about is Couture. So. I, yeah, I I, fi- I figured as much. Uh, Matt, you got any guesses? So uh, yeah, Adam yeah, Adam then... got the West Division correct. You got three more divisions and a rookie. Pasta was the division, the East division. That is um, correct. And for the North, I think it was Austin Matthews. That is also correct. Right. Yeah. Austin Matthews. Um, and for rookie of the month, was it uh, Stutzel? It was. It was our boy Timmy Stutzel with the ugliest tape job known to hockey history. Um, do you have a guess for the final one? Are you trying to go four for four here for the for the Central? Oh, for the Central. Um, is he on the Canes? Is he on the no, Hurricanes? No, he's, he's not on the Hurricanes. No. no ah, right. all right. I'm not going to take, take a guess. Um, so for the Central Division, because uh, Matt ended up going three for four, the Central Division star of the month is none other than Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks, having a very good month. Uh, 400 gold man. As were the entire Blackhawks organization for the month of February. So as it goes, Central Division, Patrick Kane, West Division, Logan Couture, East Division, David Pasternak, North Division, Austin Matthews, and your Rookie of the Month, another Canadian. Well, I guess he's German, but he plays for the Ottawa Senators, Timmy Stutzel. Uh, We can finally pronounce that name correctly because we've heard it enough times at this point uh, because he's getting talked about nonstop. I'm excited about this Stutzel kid. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's going to be a career senator. I think it kind of depends on what the senators do going forward with the whole goaltending situation. Because uh, as of right now, they're kind of they're kind of floundering in, in their in their division uh, last place with uh, looks like 17 points, which isn't even they're still even not half of what it. the Leafs have. Um, they're no, they're still, still not, not out of it. it. No, but uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with this Stutzel kid uh, paired with uh, Kachuk moving forward even though I've, I've, I've been pretty open about my displeasure with the Kachucks. Correct um, me if I'm wrong. Don't they live together? I'm pretty sure. It's yes, still- they are roommates. That is so correct. There's, there's going to uh, be some chem- chemistry there. There <laughs> already is as far as the season has gone. They've had plenty of on-ice chemistry uh, in plenty of situations. I saw a video of Stutzel taking a penalty, and uh, they were, like, looking at each other from across the rink, and they were, like, laughing at each other. So uh, there's a little bit of a bromance there. We got a little Stutzchuck or or – Kazutzel, um, like Kazutzel. Kazutzel's better. Kizutzel. I think Kazutzel. It, it fits that, the situation flows. a bit more. That does flow. We should make T-shirts again. Speaking of T-shirts, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, do you like that segue? segue? Do you like that segue? What a segue. Uh, call Ooh. me Paul Blart. Um, 
<laughs> is that back-to-back episodes we brought up Paul Blart Mall Cop? Yes. We're going to have to keep that going. <laughs> if, if anyone from Southside is listening, we need to make Paul Blart t-shirts now. <laughs> yeah, now we got to make So uh, in addition to what we're talking about with the t-shirts, we do have merch now. So if you go on to our social medias, uh, OTPP pod on both Twitter and Instagram, click the link. It's a Teespring link. We have t-shirts. We got Man Rocket merchandise. We got regular on the power play merchandise. We got your regular t-shirts, your athletic stuff, your sweatshirts, your crew necks. We got masks. We got mugs. I don't know what else. We got stickers. I don't know what else you could want. We have it all. Buy that stuff up, people, because especially the Man Rocket merch is just delicious. I'm for all you quite, Dallas fans. Well, for all you Dallas fans and fans of the Man Rocket himself. Yeah, we know you're out there. I mean, we've seen the analytics. We know Texas is a big fan of this show. We know Texas is a big fan of this show. Shout we out know to you're Texas. listening, Texas. Yeah, right? Shout out to Texas. Thanks to them. Um, so moving forward to, um, you know, speaking of speaking of stars, I guess you could say, uh, Jordan Biddington kind of got into an interesting situation a couple of mm-hmm. nights ago against the San Jose Sharks who, by the way, were wearing their uh, reverse retros, which are clean. Um, it, I mean, Matt, I feel like you're pretty passionate about this topic. Do you want to kind of give it the rundown? Oh, well. Or would you like me to well, get analytical rundown let, first? Let Adam do it because he That's was true. watching it live. That's true. You're watching it live, Adam. You, you want to give us the good rundown here? Yeah. So, first of all, let me first say this game was absurd. Like, Yeah, it was an absurd game. It, it was a, a back-and-forth trade-off of – Goal for goal game. Uh, Sharks had a, uh, Sharks pretty much had the lead the most throughout this game. They took the lead the most up until uh, I won't say a certain someone in our group chat decided to start watching, and you know it all went south. But I digress. Um, incident <laughs> in question, though. You hate to see the it. Incident, you hate the to the see incident it. in question uh, was Evander Kane coming in, taking a shot at the blue line. Just, I think he was really not even trying to score. I think he was trying to play a shot on net. Beat Bennington glove side, uh, making it 4-3 Sharks with about a little under nine and a half to go, I think it was, um, when St. Louis decided they were, they were going to pull Bennington. They had enough. Uh, They're going to put their backup, I believe it's Huso. Huso. That's his name, Vinny Huso. And, uh, and after Bennington was you know brought to the bench and said, hey, Hit showers, you're done for the night. Skates past Sharks bench, shoves defenseman Redeem Simic, who looks very confused. So I don't think he had any words with Bennington. He was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Bennington then circles to center ice. Carlson, I think, said something. Bennington feigns a punch. That's where, you know, he's starting to get real. And as he's leaving, he goes, what's up over to goaltender Devin Dubnik? They get into it before, you know, the referees could get in and stop what would have been a glorious goalie fight. And then Bennington's off to the showers for the night in a very bizarre scenario. Uh, I was very confused, mainly because I didn't know why they pulled him yet. I figured, you know, if you're going to pull him, wait till the period's over at least. But I digress. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree the, the pulling wasn't smart. It probably got him a little bit more heated. Um I'm I'm a Jordan Bennington guy, and I have recently rewatched the video a couple of times. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't really have much of a defense for his actions. I thought the first time I watched the video that um, the defenseman in question that he first went after along the side of the benches was John Adam. Uh, in rewatching it a couple of times, I'm realizing that just was not the case. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, you know, as a former, a former goaltender, like kind of defend this in, in some way, but I, I definitely see where he's had a rough season. He's not playing to what he thinks he can play as, um, he was kind of hoping to be a bit better as it were, um, because he can be better. We've seen him be better. Um, and, and I've had situations where, you know, my wires crossed in the moment and I got a little bit heated. I've broken a couple sticks. Um, Oh, However, you are those the, uh, people you're one of those people what i mean it, when you're a goaltender i mean you, the blame is always put on you you have that stress no on but yourself bre- breaking a stick is so especially at, like your level like such a disservice dude that's like hard making someone buy another 300 hundred dollar stick Making someone else, I bought it myself. Oh, Matt, you brought the, I thought you broke someone else's stick. No, oh, dude, I'm, I'm not. No, my own. Oh, oh, your own. All right, now, <laughs> Matt, I thought I thought sense. we were about. I thought we were about to fight, good buddy. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought Virtual? I thought I was I was oh, about to start yelling at you. Listen, uh, I've no. refereed a good couple of wrestling matches I, my day. Oh, that makes old. sense. <laughs> my 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 own stick. I I have broken my own stick a couple of times. Um. And actually, this is just a side note, uh, not even uh, referring to this. The one time I broke a stick because I was trying to skate off the ice for the Zamboni and I was accidentally holding my stick uh, kind of parallel horizontally. um, (laughs) And I clotheslined myself. (laughs) You fool. Oh, yeah, I got I got bamboozled. I kind of wish there was film. I kind of wish there was film of that, but there's not. yeah, so I'm not going to defend Bennington's actions. Uh, however, I do see how a goaltender could kind of get his wires crossed and this be the case. Um, Devin Dubnik released a statement post-game, uh, quoting, I don't know why he's skating around pretending to punch guys. I told him to get off the ice. He's 165 pounds swinging at guys, fake punching guys. Uh, yeah, so Love basically it. if he was going to attempt to fight Devin Dubnik, that would have ended so very poorly. Oh, yeah. I, I could even see that, and I I was like oh, watching no. it live. I was like, "What are you doing, bud?" That wouldn't I have hate, gone well at all. I hate when goalies act like tough guys, man. It's just like none of these guys are Ron Hextall acting like psychopaths. Like none of these guys even have the thought of fighting and putting up a good fight. And just the fact that they act tough and. For most part, they know that they're protected and that players are going to step in if they're getting into certain situations. Like, it's just real bad taste in, as a fan's mouth, just knowing that this guy's just, you know, stirring the pot when he's not even going to answer the bell, you know? I mean, I will say for Bennington, I didn't see a single St. Louis Blue come over and not one. I was, about to, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Pa- Patrick Marlowe was over there for Dubnik as soon as Bennington left the ice, but uh, I didn't see a single St. Louis Blue over there doing anything to try and you know step up for their goaltender. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Bennington was under the uh, pre-thought that he was protected by any means by his uh, guys. He was on the complete opposite side of the ice. I'm pretty sure the entire Blues roster was around the bench trying to 
figure out how to move forward with this game. However, you can say what you want, but the Blues ended up winning that game, and at the time they were losing. So, so do you think a little bit, a little bit of a fire under the Blues? There is an article by the Athletic, but because I'm lazy and don't feel like spending the four dollars, uh, I did not read the article. However, it did say something along those lines. <laughs> I mean, I think it was more the pulling, I think, that sparked them. Because I've, I've often, anytime you replace yeah. a goaltender, it tends to light a fire under uh, under the team. So I feel like that probably yeah, played got, a, bit, a I mean, bit in it. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm mistaken, Benington's actions landed them, you know, short a man when the when uh, everything settled back down. I'm pretty sure they got it unsportsmanlike. Yeah, Um when it comes to pooling your starting goaltender, teams get pissed because uh, teams will blame themselves instead of blaming the goaltender for a poor performance. When sometimes it can go either way. Sometimes it can actually be just a poor goaltending performance on the goaltender, which in this case, I think it, it probably was. Um, but I just think it's funny that Pennington said uh, he was 165 pounds and to get off the ice. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Jordan Bennington's a very scrawny yeah. kid. Um probably would have gotten his shit rocked if i'm not if i'm has not mistaken made a uh, statement Devin Dub- on the whole incident or has he been you know tight-lipped about it i don't think so i think the coaching staff and the front office staff was probably like let's just you know keep this That's quiet fair. shall we let's That's just fair. you know zip the lip and just they move got the forward win, so. with uh with the season they they did and i think if they got the loss i think something more would have been made out of it but considering the fact that they won i don't think uh the most is made out of this situation as it could be, unless you are a St. Louis Blues fan or a San Jose Sharks fan. I'm sure you'll continue to hear about it. Um, Moving forward, and maybe given these uh, recent actions, Jordan Bennington will not get protected uh, in this this Seattle Kraken draft, although really that just seems unlikely. Seattle would be, uh, St. Louis would be silly for not protecting. Yeah, they'd, they'd be dumb if they didn't protect him. But the Seattle Kraken are beginning their move to find a head coach. And we have a couple of options for some really good head coaching moves that they could pick up. Um, I have a couple here that I kind of want to run by you guys, see what your initial reactions are. I'm only going to talk about four of them because the rest of them just kind of seem like it's a coach and he's out there. Um, but there's, there's four really good coaches that you could, you could pick up if you're, if you're Seattle. Um, however, I want each of you to give one guess as to a coach that is on this four coach list. I'll start. Uh, I know one. So, Bruce Boudreau. Uh, yes, Bruce Oops. Boudreau is on this list. He uh, was last coaching the Minnesota Wild. His NHL coaching career record is 567, 302, and 115. Uh, obviously, a pretty decorated coach in Bruce Boudreau. Uh, what's your Adam? Uh, what's yeah? What's your Adam guess? There you go. What's your guess, Adam? <laughs> my guess, my Adam guess. Yeah, your Adam uh, guess. Give me your Adam guess. I know he's not on there, but Fish took mine, so I'm just gonna throw a coach. The, the only coach I actually know and say Mike Babcock. I know he's not on that list, but he's not on that list. No. Um, so the top four coaches uh, that are on this list, at least in my opinion, you have Gerard Gallant, who I last coached the Vegas Golden Knights. He's got a 270, 216, 4, and 51 record. I'm not quite sure what the extra number is for. Is that overtime? What was the Playoff losses? What was the number? Uh, 217, 200, uh, 270, 216, 4, and 51. I don't know what that fourth number is. I don't know what that number is at I'll all. Look into Either it. way. Yeah. That was Gallant, right? Yeah. 
And then uh, the other two are Claude Julian, who has a 667, 445, 10, and 152 record. Uh, he was last coaching the Montreal Canadiens before being let go recently. And then um, the last coach of note to bring up would be Rod Brindamore, who as a head coach has a 98, 60, and 13 record, uh, who's currently still coaching the Carolina Hurricanes. But I feel like he might be able to be coaxed out of Carolina. Uh, honestly, I don't think this is like the big name to really touch on. But the top three big names would be Gerard Gallant, Bruce Boudreaux, and Claude Julian. So if you're the Seattle Kraken, you're putting together a team that you want to have the same Vegas Golden Knights first year success. Maybe not the same because that could re remotely be impossible to repeat, but at least something comparable. Who's your head coach decision? Who do you think has it? I should say, you know, what are we thinking there, Matt? I mean, I, I've always liked, I mean, I've never, never really liked them, but every, every team Bruce Boudreaux goes to their first couple of years, they turn out to have a uh, really good start. So, Bruce Boudreaux is kind of my guess as to where they go. And plus, he's a broadcaster right now on, on the NBC group. He definitely doesn't want to keep doing that. So he's no, yeah, an easy Bruce, talk to. Bruce kind of strikes me as a guy that kind of wishes he was still coaching. Um, <clears throat> when it comes down to it, I, I would be inclined to agree with you. Uh, however, in my opinion, if I'm the Kraken right now, I might go after the guy that did it with another brand new organization i might look at trying to bring in gerard gallant and see if he can have a repeat performance um uh he hasn't landed a coaching gig yet uh he's 57 years old so relatively you know middle-aged for a coach uh in two plus seasons with vegas he was 118 75 and 20 um and uh he won the jack adams for the franchise's inaugural season the literal first year of a franchise being a thing i would see if gerard gallant could do it again um, that's obviously assuming that he wants to continue coaching and would like to coach for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, but I, but I like Gerard Gallant in this situation. Um, obviously though, Matt, you're right. Uh, Boudreaux has been known to have a successful coaching career. He's, he's, uh, well over 200 wins to, to losses. Uh, if you compare them by numbers, um, and you're right. Uh, but for me with his last coaching gig with the Minnesota wild, he more like he built a team. Uh, over that four-year span that he was coaching them, he he built a good team. Like I would say, Minnesota, the Minnesota Wild are in a good spot as a franchise right now because of the coaching Bruce Brujo did. Um, however, if you're looking for immediate success, and I think the Kraken would be doing themselves a disservice if, after watching what the Vegas Golden Knights did, they weren't looking for immediate success. I would see what Gerard Gallant has to offer. Adam, are are you liking one of those two, or are you a Claude Julian kind of guy? I'm a, uh, I was Gallant. I'm a, I'm a Gallant guy. Personally, I kind of want to see just, you know, for the story purposes, I want to see him in San Jose, but I digress there. Um, I feel like S Seattle would kind of be a little silly to um, not look at Gallant and give him a shot. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if he'd be able to catch lightning in a bottle twice. I feel like Vegas, there was a lot of, a lot of, you know, circumstances and pieces that just kind of all fell into place at the exact right time. They had a purpose to play for because, I mean, you had the Vegas shooting that happened just before the opening of that season. So you had a team playing for their city. You had a lot of guys that had a chip on their shoulder. Teams gave up on them. And, you know, you, you saw what you saw. You had a great coach that was able to do what he could do for the last three seasons. 
you mentioned he's got 200. I think you were talking about Gallant when you mentioned this. If not, it's still a good uh, fact. Gallant had, you know, 200 wins alone with Vegas. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Uh, side note for the record, that other number that we, we couldn't figure out is ties. Oh, like actual ties. Okay. Yeah, because Gallant was a coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets when they were still considering ties as part right. of the record. So okay. it's actually wins, losses, ties, and then overtime losses on the right. Okay, okay. So the two of the three of these guys have been in the league long enough to have coached in the tie scenario. So that's yes. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't I, – like, I just feel like if you don't see what Gerard Gallant can do again, you'd be doing yourself a disservice almost because if he can do that with a brand-new team, I would I would be inclined to say he could do it a second time. Adam, you're right. It's kind of hard to catch lightning in a bottle twice, for sure. But I don't think this is really a catch lightning in a bottle situation. I think this is the fact that he knows how to coach a brand-new team of guys, uh, and that's not something you forget how to do. So – um, even if they don't go on a Stanley Cup run like the Vegas Golden Knights did, if they even are remotely a competitive team first year in the league, that's a win. Um, not everybody's going to do what the Vegas Golden Knights did because not everybody is made up like the Golden Knights were made up. So um, if he can just put together and coach a successful team, I think that that's your move there. Uh, however, if they do go for either of the other two guys, Claude Julian or Bruce Boudreaux, I don't think they're doing a, a bad job of seeing what's out there at all. Uh, to move forward, we have a little bit of a, a little bit of a, like a fun thing to talk about. We have the NHL's four most surprising teams of 2021, according to Sportsnet Canada. I want to see uh, what your guys' guesses are as to who the four are. Um, two of them shocked me; the other two, not so much. But I want to see what your guys' guess are. Get uh, guesses are. Uh, Adam, I'll have you take the reins here. All right, so my guesses are going to be, are they all from the four separate divisions or is there like two teams from the same division? What are we looking at there? No, there are, there are, the, yeah, sorry, I was muted. Uh, there are two teams from the, from the same division. The divisions okay. are, are a non-factor here. Okay. Um, then, well, my initial gut reaction was Florida and Minnesota. Um, and then from there, I'll say Montreal and... Uh, let's go Carolina. Okay. Okay. Matt, those how are, about your guesses there? Those are good. Those are good guesses. Those are solid um, guesses there, Adam. I would I definitely, definitely have to have Florida and Minnesota on there, especially Florida, the one of the top teams in the league. Is there a North team on there? Uh, there is a North team on there. Is, um, is it Winnipeg? Well, I'll, I'll tell you when. Yeah, I'm guessing right. you have Winnipeg, one more team to get through. One, and um, <laughs> Carolina. I like Carolina. They're, they're a real explosive team. All righty. So, Adam, you went two for four. Matt, you Ooh. went three for four. Uh, getting the big Winnipeg guess, uh, Matt. That was that was big. That was big. It, uh, the four teams in question are the Florida Panthers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Minnesota Wild, and the Chicago Blackhawks of the Central Division. Um, who have also made quite the uh, the the turnaround there, uh, kind of kind of in front of their stud rookie goaltender uh, Kevin Lankinen, um, who is right now ranked amongst the top goalies in the league um, as far as uh, saves and um, opportunities against. 
so let's let's kind of run through why these are surprising teams. So the Florida Panthers this year, um, Adam, if you want to look up where we had them in our uh, in our preseason uh, division race, uh, they were kind of projected to be some basement dwellers. Not a whole lot was supposed to come out of uh, out of Florida. However, um, they are currently on pace to have a franchise year other than the year that they went to uh, the Stanley cup finals, obviously. Um, but in 2019, 2020 um, they were ranked um, 16th, 15th, 9th, 21st, 25th in your main major categories this year, they're sixth, fourth, second, 15th, first uh, in a couple of major categories. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's just a team that is really playing hard and, and getting it done uh, currently sitting at, uh, oh, let's see here. Currently sitting at, oh, Brian, come on now. They're first in the division. First right? in the central, um, yes. with, uh, 30 points, one point again, ahead of the Tampa Bay lightning and the um, Carolina hurricanes. So, and the Carolina hurricanes. So something we definitely didn't see coming. Cause I know I did not have the Panthers in first place. You did not. We all actually had the middle of the pack. Um, you and Matt had them fifth. I had them sixth. Oh, God. I will say right now, just looking at everything, you two have a better actual lay of the land than I did. Oh, for the entire division? For the entire division. Short of um, you guys obviously not having Florida as number one. Uh, Matt, you have two and three dead on with the Lightning and the Hurricanes right now. Uh being you have the Hurricanes dead on at three, and then I, I'm all over the place. You're just all over the board? I, ha- I have <laughs> Lightning as, like, the only team in my top three that is currently accurate, and they're in second in real life. I have them first. <laughs> well, yeah, well, uh, we'll keep that up as we go on. But, I mean, the Florida is shocking everybody. Uh, Sergey Borovsky is, is playing well. Uh, Coach Q is coaching a very young and but very determined team. Um they're, they're taking kind of a, according to this article, it says the team is taking a hot hand approach to the position right now, uh, the goaltending position, uh, kind of just, you know, going with whichever one is better between Chris Dredger and uh, Sergei Borovsky. They're, they're doing something I wish a lot more teams did when you have a goalie tandem is ride the hot hand. Stop being like, oh, but he's the young gun. He's the stud. You got to keep starting him. No, 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 no. Ride the hot hand. Ride who's getting wins. That's how you're going to get more wins. I feel like um, at this point in his career, Bob Roski probably benefits from that. I mean, he's no spring chicken, and I, we've seen what he can do in uh, Columbus. But, I mean, I felt like they kind of overplayed him a little bit. And now that they're riding the hot hand, so to speak, I feel like you're going to get a little bit more out of Bob Roski in Florida than they probably would have if they just constantly played him. I'd be inclined to agree with you because I think we are seeing more out of Bobrovsky than especially we did last year. Uh, Matt, you got anything to special to say about the Florida Panthers? Yeah, some of their additions this offseason in likes of Anthony DeClaire, Patrick Hornquist, Patrick Hornquist, um, Rodko Gudis, they added a lot of sh- big deaf players, and Tr- Coach Quingleville has really done a lot with them. Uh, I mean, it, it really goes to show Coach Q can coach a team. Uh, I don't think that was ever in question, but damn, can he coach a good team? Uh, moving on to the Winnipeg Jets, who are your second surprising team. Uh, according to this article, the Jets' inclusion here may be a head-scratcher now, but don't forget what the outlook was in the Canadian division before the puck dropped in January. Right now, they're kind of sitting at, uh, looks like, third place, only 
one point behind the second place Oilers and nine points behind the Maple Leafs who seem to be kind of running away with the division at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, it's another team that like kind of just came out of nowhere and is playing just really good hockey. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is a stud net. Uh, they got goal scores uh, all over the ice, even when they lost Patrick Line. And um, uh, what was the other guy's name? I just feel bad for forgetting now. Um, um, shoot. Shoot. Roslovich, wasn't it? Yes, Jack Roslovich. Uh, and getting PLD, I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire, but they haven't lost any offensive touch. If anything, I feel like they're playing better with Line A not on the team anymore. Um, the they they got six wins while trailing after the first period which is huge in this shortened season um and they rank top 11 for five on five goals per game so they're putting the goal oh yeah they're putting the goal in the net very good brian they're putting the puck in the net uh which is sick we 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 forgive you (laughs) yeah um because uh, Sidney crosby and i and i hope this is the only thing that we will ever share uh i am i am currently uh waiting on test results to find out so if i am not as excited as i usually am on the podcast i'm sorry but don't judge me um don't judge you're me, good man. don't you're, judge you're doing man. good big you're doing i, good. I feel i feel like it. i'm doing pretty well um, honestly i think if i didn't blow your spot up no one would have noticed <clears throat> i'm not quite sure anybody would have noticed I've, I've been muting myself when i've had to clear my throat so you're welcome um yeah <laughs> thanks zoom for letting me mute um <laughs> moving forward we got the chicago blackhawks uh obviously we've already talked about the chicago blackhawks they're coming out of literally nowhere in the central i think i had them in the dumpsters of the division if i'm not mistaken you did you had them dead last yeah so um i mean they're they're they've been outscored five on five uh so that kind of makes the season more surprising really as to how they've been able to win the way they've been able to win is patrick kane is playing like a young patrick kane right now and the young goaltender kevin lankinen uh is is playing like lights out stud um he's 19 years old um and then you have you have guys who aren't even on the team that are going to when they come back give so much to this team kirby doc um i forget the other guy's name but i'm just gonna say it again kirby doc maybe one of the best forwards in the um, nhl i think you might be thinking of alex nylander thank you alex Josh nylander Dunn. uh and for a while there they were missing alex to who's all of a sudden back on a 40 goal for the season pace and aren't they missing uh, so, Taves as well? And Jonathan Taves, uh, they're missing as well. So, I mean, it, literally, it feels like Patrick Kane is carrying this team on his back, and then also Kevin Lankinen is playing lights out. I didn't see this coming. I don't know if you guys did, but I did not see the Chicago Blackhawks coming this year. No. Lava had, had to deal with goaltending. Yeah, this is true. Agreed. You know. I think I think the goaltending situation in Chicago – kind of shocked everybody a little bit you know um just kind of a oh we have a, a goaltender now because i think they all thought when they started clearing house and got rid of got rid of uh crawford even though he ended up retiring uh anyways uh they, when they started clearing house you know things just they thought that they were going to be in the dumpsters and that so far they're not they're actually quite competitive in the central right now in fourth place uh one point behind the lightning and the hurricanes so I, I mean, it, are they going to sustain this? In my best guess, probably not. However, as of right now, it's kind of fun to watch uh, the, the Chicago Blackhawks kind of kind of battling back a little bit. It's not the Chicago Blackhawks of the past, who was a legit dynasty, but it's a fun team to watch right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and I've been on the, the, the poor end of that dynasty. So me even saying that is 
is kind of shocking. Um, and then to move on to the fourth surprising team out of four, we have the Minnesota Wild. Uh, literally, you can just say Kirill Kaprizov is kind of just doing his thing right now. However, they got really good goaltending out of Capo Cac. Oh no, that that and that's the fourth round. I think you're, he is. Yeah, Cap, Capo Kakinen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, um, you're right. He's got a 9-2-3 save percentage right now, and and he's absolutely killing it. Um, and they're, th- they're third in the West Division at 12-6-1 when this article was written. Um, right now, looking like it is the same, 12-6-1. Um, so I were the Minnesota Wilds supposed to be good coming into this year? Because I don't think they were supposed to be good. No, I don't think anyone really expected A, Kaprizov to, you know, light the lamp that he he has. I don't think they expected much goaltending wise. Um, The team's up there in age uh, short of Kaprizov. I don't think there's really any prospects that uh, in real life are of note. There's a couple I've seen, you know, playing NHL and, you know, running a a franchise with Minnesota that I've seen that, you know, I kind of have my eye on, but short of that, I, I really don't think anyone saw this coming from Minnesota. No, I I really don't think so. Uh, Matt, did you see anything kind of in the mix here, or were you like us and just got of nowhere? You know, well, when they traded Eric Stahl and, um, you know, Zach Parise isn't the same player he used to be, it it kind of makes you seem like they were trying to get a look to build in the draft, but that Kiprasov kid is – He's really talented. He's a stud, man. Uh, They'd be stupid if they didn't lock him down for at least a couple years moving forward. I mean, luckily he's on his rookie contract, so he can't really go much anywhere. But Yeah, very much so. You're good. That's going to be a guy you're going to have to pay. But before you pay him, you're going to have to start building around him because now you got a goaltender, you got a star. It's time to start building a team, uh, which is obviously going to be a little bit more difficult since we talked about the Seattle Kraken and their their draft. Um, We also – in note with the whole Seattle Kraken thing. Uh, let us know in the comments of our uh, Instagram video or Instagram post. And then also in the comments of when this drops on Apple podcasts as to when you would like us to do that, that uh, Seattle Kraken uh, mock draft. Would you like us to Ooh. wait until it gets closer? Would you like us to do it now since they're starting to debate on coaches and stuff like that? Uh, let us know uh, how you're feeling in the comments in our uh, Instagram post and on Apple podcasts, moving forward with our last uh, note of the night. Uh, a team that was supposed to be better, I should say. Um, the Buffalo Sabres sitting at six, 10 and three right now, absolutely floundering. We talked about them last week with their benching of Jeff Skinner, who's making millions of dollars. Um, what do you see moving forward here for them? It's tough, man. It's tough watching because the Flyers smoked them three nothing back-to-back games and they didn't even look like they put up much of an emotional fight against it. It, it i don't know if it's coaching because it that's kind of been the focal point for why they've been bad these previous years it it might be jack eichel he just might not be a leader i, I don't know but if then you can blame you michael look, for this though you look at a poso he's been absolutely irrelevant for the past couple of years. He, he was a good player coming from the Islanders. Jeff Skinner was supposed to be a great goal scorer. He was originally when he got there, but he's completely cooled off. 
Oh, I mean, um, he's, he's frozen cold now. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's he's about as cold as our takes on the divisions at this point. <laughs> true. Right. And also, right. um, you know, it looks like because you heard at the beginning of season how tired they were at losing that they're just going to pull the plug on it again and try and start from scratch again which is really sad because you know. it is because you thought they had the pieces i think one thing that the sabers did a disservice to themselves was getting rid of robin leonard i think you have robin leonard on this team i think they're a good team i feel like you could say that about any team that let go of robin leonard though. everybody slept on my boy the panda it, it's disrespectful the disrespect on robin leonard's name will not stand i will not okay. be there for that that guy doesn't act like a tough guy. He is a tough guy. No, he just is a tough guy. I, I yeah. would definitely not mess with Robin Leonard. No, thank you. No, sir. Uh, I will pass. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Matt, uh, especially when you look at Taylor Hall. His season, his stats this year are horrendous. One goal, 11 assists for 12 points, and a dash 12 is not what you were looking for in when you brought in Taylor Hall. You were looking for the Taylor Hall of the Oilers with production. Um, this is not the kind of guy they thought that they were going to bring in when they brought him in from the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe the Coyotes were smart in letting him go. Um, but I don't think in, 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 a, in kind of uh, bouncing off what you said, I don't think you can blame Jack Eichel for this. He might not be a leader. Sure. But a uh, Jack Eichel is playing probably the best out of anybody on that team right now. Uh, just, you know, maybe he's not a leader, maybe, there's some issues in the locker room, but his stats this year, uh, I mean, as much as they aren't pretty, the entire team's stats aren't pretty this year at all. I mean, he's got two goals, 12 assists for 14 points and a dash seven. Um, but however, in bouncing off that, but Adam, I'm going to let you go first before I keep talking, before I keep talking, Adam, I'm going to let you go. What What is your kind of assessment of where the Sabres are right now? I mean, I can't say I'm that surprised. I wasn't expecting them to be, you know, at the ceiling pushing for a playoff spot. I didn't expect them necessarily to be bottom of the barrel picking up, you know, Taylor Hall and all that. But I, I don't know. I think it's just a case of a team that's just not firing on all cylinders right now. And I don't know where they go to really write this ship because I don't think, you know, they're not going to be able to sell off guys like Ocpozo and Jeff Skinner without, you know, having to give up the future to some degree because no one want, wants to touch those contracts. Um, and yeah, not, if you... there's, there's not a soul who wants to touch those contracts right now. And uh, unfortunately, their future or what they put all their money on in the future is kind of crumbling currently. Yeah. So um, they're, they're kind of they're kind of in a holding pattern really right now is where they're at. But when you bring up Jack Eichel, Matty boy, uh, there has been some some rumblings today on your your forums, your reddits, your your different uh, your different uh, blogs for specific teams of Jack Eichel quite possibly being on the move. The two teams I'm hearing currently are the New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins, two teams that have the cap space to take on maybe not all of Jack Eichel's contract, but at least 75% if they can somehow convince the Sabres to retain some of his contract. Um, however, I'm just saying when it comes down to it, it really, I don't want Jack Eichel on either of those teams. <laughs> I'm kind of comfortable with him being on the Sabres as a Flyers fan. Um, but if you add a Jack Eichel to the Bruins, 
I just etch their name in the cup now. Just just do it. I, it's it's over. Yeah, it's over. right. It's yeah, over. Right. Yeah, Who's right. going to beat them? Who's going to beat them? Flyers. Don't make me get into this. Don't make me do this. I, I'm not a Flyers fan, and even don't, I agree with you, Fish. Don't make me do You agree with Fish? No, not at all. I oh, think, you don't uh, agree? Okay. Yeah, I, I think he's crazy for thinking that the Flyers are going to beat them with just yeah. the way. I don't, I don't mean to bring up the statistics, but you brought it up. Go so on, here I go. go on. They are 0-4-1 against the Bruins. They have not gotten a single win. The reason that the Flyers are not a one-loss team right now is because of the Boston Bruins. I have to ask you, Matt. I get it. You're 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 a homer. I understand that. I love you for it. It's it's refreshing. I, I appreciate the commitment. I appreciate the commitment too, but where are you seeing the confidence to have in a Flyers team to beat the Bruins? Even I before they might have us. I don't think one team can dominate one team for this amount of many games that they're gonna be able to play against each other. See, that's where I might disagree with you. The Bruins have pretty much had the Flyers number for all of recorded history, except for maybe Fish, 2010. I, I have to direct you to Boston and Toronto in the playoffs. Oh, that is true. <laughs> I that have to direct true. you there. That's like a that's like a 10 decade long domination. Okay, they, the the the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have to ask the Boston Bruins for lunch money uh, just so they can eat. Okay, that's the kind of domination going on there. Obviously, it's not the situation with the Flyers and the Bruins, whatever have you. Um, however. When it comes down to it, the Flyers have played piss poor hockey against the Boston Bruins. Uh, I don't, I don't think there's a team in the league. If you add Jack Eichel to that team, that can confidently go into playing the Bruins and feel like they can come out with a win. I don't think there's a team that could be confident in that. You, you're giving, you're giving me the look, and you know what? It's, <laughs> it's you're so gonna, refreshing. You're going to have that face. You're gonna have that face on your in on your person when the Flyers win that series, and you're just gonna be like, "God damn it, Matagini, Matagini." Yeah, I don't. That I face. don't know if I'm not gonna call face. you a genie. All right, I might oh, be like, "Oh, Matt was right," because uh, I'm not gonna be sad about it. I'm I'll not gonna say I'm Matt, gonna be sad. I'll give Matt the benefit of the doubt if you know a Jack Eichel trade between. Boston and Buffalo doesn't go through. Maybe the Flyers pull it off. But if the Bru- I don't even want Jack Eichel. I'm just saying, if Jack Eichel becomes a Boston Bruin, I think we see a Stanley Cup champion Bruins team finally this year. Me too. I, I would be inclined to agree with you as much as it would pain me internally and externally, honestly. I am also um, actively, while we're talking <clears throat> about this, trying to figure out Cap Friendly's trade machine to put together a Jack Eichel and Rangers trade. <laughs> you you have far too much fun on cap friendly don't you i mean it's a great tool it really is a great it is fun it is fun to mess around with especially when you start doing like the trade stuff and like kind of have some fun with that and i feel but like it's speaking, more realistic than nhl but speak it is it is more realistic than shell i would have to agree with you but speaking about trades and stuff we have our final segment of the evening because uh i am honestly folks a little bit exhausted of talking um, so I will be skipping the BBC this week again. Um, so we're going to get into the people's GM as our last segment. I also, I guess we'll bring up the, uh, the our, our juniors teams next week. I have yes, that- uh, we will bring up the juniors teams next week. Uh, folks, I'm sorry. We will have to postpone that to the next episode. That's fair. Um, I could take yeah, that. Yeah. From you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up though with the people's GM. What do we got, Adam? How's it looking? 
That's what I'm trying to figure out where we left off. I know we were at the middle of, of year number seven, getting ready to go into the playoffs. I believe we, you know, touched on uh, Joel Macho Man Savage. What a name. Uh, I love that name so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Taking, taking the backup goalie, rookie goalie, uh, world by storm here with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I believe, yeah, pretty much I think where we left off, uh, Christian Veselina had just scored his 100th goal going into the beginning of November. Um, pretty much everything was quiet up to that point. No real crazy goings-ons. Teams looking strong, get to the deadline with a record of 40-16-6. and six. Uh, You know, decided there's, there's no moves to be made here. This team is pushing for its third cup in a row. Let's have at it. Um, and we, we do really well. We finish strong at the end of the season. We win the president's trophy. I believe that's our second since I've taken the team over second in a row, third in a row. Uh, I'm going through the years. So yeah, three sounded like Tom Brady. He is sounding yeah, like, like Tom Brady a little bit. Three. I'm running out of fingers. Yeah, He's just running out. He's about to start running out of fingers. Like I said, I bought this whole, uh, this whole cabinet. So we got to fill it now, you know? I mean, put all the trophies, the president's trophies in there because this is our third in a row. Yes, sir. Rounded out the season 56, 18, and 8, 120 points. Uh, Edmonton was actually really close to tying us there. They had 119 points. Uh, the Rangers were up there with 116. But uh, once again, for God knows how many times it's been, we've got the St. Louis Blues in round number one. And we kill them. Absolutely kill them. Yeah, kill them. You've been dominating the Blues in the playoffs. We have their number. I don't know. where We are are the Boston to St. Louis's Toronto is what this is. Damn. Now that's that's a hot comparison. That's a hot take right there. I mean, that's the only comparison comparison I got because, I mean, I got the cups to show it. Check Check the case, Bing. Check the case. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm checking it, and it's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty full. Looking I might need to get a second. Ooh, because uh, we're going into round number two, and we've got the Colorado Avalanche, and it, it's it's a it's not looking too pretty. Uh, we have to rely on our rookie winger uh, Wyatt Hamilton, no relation to Dougie, uh, to get a game-winning goal in game number five. Uh, that's what actually forced us into round number two with the Avs. So we're already relying on our rookies to get us into round number two. Not looking too hot. Or it's boding well for your future. Could also be. Could also mm-hmm. like the optimism. Mm-hmm. I like the optimism. Hey, this, is why, this is why you're my assistant coach. Or my assistant GM, rather. I'm promoting you. No, 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 no. Remember, I am your I am your president of hockey operations. Also, you know, you just do everything I don't do. How does that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I run, I run, I run the, I run the facility. I run the merch. I do the travel stuff. You you, you contact me for these things. It's true. It's true. But we get into round number two against the Avs and we end up uh, losing game number one in OT. Uh, Game number two was close, edged out a victory. So it's series tied at one and one. Then we drop the next two. So the series is three to one in the favor of the Avs. Abs, not the ass. I don't know what the hell the ass. In are. favor of the ass. <laughs> you know, um, listen, <laughs> Colorado ass. I love it. Colorado ass, baby. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, but you know, we come back when a convincing game number five. Everything's looking, you know, not looking great. We're still, uh, you know, in an elimination game for game number six. But you know, things could could swing them in our favor. So game number six, 
down 3-2 in the series. Hamilton takes a costly penalty, which ends up resulting in a goal. Not looking too hot. Uh, Avs take the lead, but Kyle Connor, the save here, comes in and ties the game with 3.2 seconds left. Saving the game. Forcing overtime. We get to overtime. We're going back and forth. Lots of close calls. Lots of pucks ringing off the pipe. At, at any moment, this game could end. And the Winnipeg Jets take a penalty. Oh. We kill the penalty. Oh, and then okay. We, All right. And we take another penalty. And at this Dear point, God. you know, PK units tired. Used our timeout earlier to try and, you know, save, save something. And it wasn't enough. Colorado scores on the power play. Aha, plug uh. the podcast. And the three-peat is dead. Colorado moves on to the conference final to take on the Edmonton Oilers, where they lose in seven. On the East Coast, Tampa Bay is just having their – actually, they weren't having their way up until the conference final. They, they had a couple close calls with Ottawa and then Toronto, but they sweep the Montreal Canadiens and go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers Tampa Bay Lightning have won year seven Stanley Cup. That's their second, I believe, in this universe. And that's going to pretty much wrap that up. Uh, a lot of house cleaning. A um, couple, uh, couple of big contracts had to be dished out. We'll talk about that next week. Um, but the, te- the team is going to have to get shaken up a little bit because we have $34 million, and a lot of guys want 11 and $12 million contracts. Yowzas. Yeah, you're going to have to figure that one out. But thank you to the People's GM. There might not be a 3 P, but we always have next year. Sounds like you got some decent rookies. But we'll see how those Listen, contracts Joel Macho Man out. Savage is coming, uh, coming back with vengeance, I'm telling you. Joel Macho Man Savage is coming <laughs> back with a vengeance. That will conclude this episode of On the Power Play. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we love you dearly. Go buy that merch. The buy links are in our socials. Buy it up. There's Man Rocket merch. There's On the Power Play merch. Buy that stuff, people. Again, thank you for listening. This has been On the Power Play. I'm Brian. I'm Adam. See you guys later.